0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, 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 we have two more days to go
1: until the NFL draft. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the countdown is certainly on. We're having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, well, on the media side of things, I think the hay is kind of in the barn. (laughs) We've talked about this quite a bit. Uh, But now we see more and more reports of things happening around the NFL to make draft night fun, not just here in Jacksonville, but across the league. And Eric Flowers now on the move. What else uh, will teams do in the next 48 to 72 hours, even during the draft, to revamp their team and their roster? Could the Jaguars make a move in some way, shape, or form that maybe we're not even thinking about or would stun some people? A move for a tight end if they feel like they're cornered on taking a tight end late in the first round or in the second or even the third. All these questions on the table because why not, right? You never know what's going to happen in just a couple of days. Brent Martineau here at Fleming Island High School, back of the pickup truck. Hey, listen, it's a big day around here in the Martineau household. we got district semifinals. Season's over if you don't win today, Tyler and Kaylee, Creekside Knights, baseball, softball. Same goes for the folks out here, Fleming Island, First Coast, Fletcher, First Coast softball and baseball, and teams all over the area. So uh, a little dad moment in me a little bit later on tonight before we give way to uh, more of the draft coverage on TV here on the radio side. So uh, we got some games starting at 5 and 7.30 here for the kids so we figured we'd hang out and catch the games because Austin it's like the worst case scenario man from a from a dad point of view if they win tonight they play Thursday for a district championship yeah. Guess who won't be there Thursday for the district championship? Probably
2: not you, man. So how does this work? In like, Ty plays one time, then Kelly plays the other time at the same field? Or how is yeah, that working? Listen,
1: I, I could complain a little bit. Uh, first of all, thanks to your help and Kuz's help and, and uh, Stuart and Marcel and everybody at the station, I've been able to catch a lot of games this year. and There's there's nothing more fun than that. So that's why I've been on the road with the show. And so I could complain about Thursday a little bit. obviously falls on draft night if they win. Uh, they got a good chance to win, but doesn't I mean they're going to win. Uh, The teams are playing against are good as well. Uh, So I could complain about that, but I got real lucky today because Ty plays at 5 o'clock in the 2-3 game, uh, two seed versus three seed. Kaylee and Creekside's the number one seed. They play at 7.30 tonight. So I get Mm -hmm. to see both of them, uh, and they're both here at Fleming Island. So the chances of that happening probably were slim to none. So uh, you got to count your blessings, man. We get to watch a couple ball games uh, here tonight.
2: Right on. Back to back in the Martino household. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty nice setup for you right there.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. My dad's in town, so we get to see the kids play as well. And uh, we're just taking a few hour break from all the draft craziness to uh, catch a couple more ball games um, here on this uh, freshman season for the kids and. Uh, really all the ball across the area. You know, so many kids playing on different teams that it's uh, really been a fun fun ride to watch them and, and a variety of sports, right, uh, lacrosse and, and everything else going on, um, you know, across the area in high schools. But in our world, it's a, it's a lot of baseball and a lot of softball. But in your world, it's all about the draft, and I understand that. In my world, quite frankly, it's all about the draft right now, too. So... uh We will talk uh, more about the NFL draft. Hey, Florida State head coach Mike Norvell will join us at the uh, bottom of the hour, and we can talk a little Florida State Seminoles, which we will. Mackenzie Milton, offensive line, how's this team coming together? Year two, was the spring valuable? All those questions on the table. But I think he's got interesting perspective on the draft, right? Marvin Wilson, who has dropped in this draft. Tamoran Terry, who I think can be a really good player in the league and was a good player at Florida State. He looks to be a middle-round guy. Where does he see those guys going? And probably a Trevor question around uh, Mike Norvell as well, because if you're a college football coach, if you're a college football fan, you know about Trevor Lawrence. You've seen him, even if it wasn't up close uh, and personal last year because of the cancellation of that Clemson game. So Mike Norvell joins us at 3.30. Hey, our old buddy Jason Fitz at 4 o'clock today. haven't talked to him in forever, Uh, so looking
2: forward to that. Yeah, it's been a long time, man. Um, Obviously, he was banned from the show for his Chris Farley comments, but we'll ask him about those today, and uh, yeah. we'll see where he stands on that. But, no, it's great, man, because obviously he was kind of a weekly call-in, um, and it's been a while now, so it'll be great to catch up with him and see where he's at and everything. And, uh, yeah, just kind of shoot the breeze, as they say.
1: Yeah, so that'll be good uh, to catch up with Jason Fitz, uh, hear him on ESPN Radio each and every day as well Spain and Fitz and uh, the Icemen have a big uh, game coming up tomorrow so there are other sports going on I uh, will catch up uh, with the Icemen coming up in the uh, five o'clock hour so fun show today and shock your mock are you really going to shock my mock now that I'm not in studio to defend myself
2: yeah for sure I mean this has been a long time coming I'm giving the people what they want Brent Martineau's mock will be shocked today will you be on the air for that or not
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to hang until right, uh, hopefully that will take us right up until the the national anthem here at the the ballpark, and uh, then I'll I'll check out for the 5 o'clock game. So, you should be able to sneak that in and and get roasted, Um, Mm. even though, I got to tell you, I think my mock is
2: pretty damn good. I'm going to be honest right now, and like, spoiler alert anybody, it's not as good as you think it is. (laughs) I'm honestly, I'm honestly a little shocked. That it's as bad as it is. And it, and it makes me worried about tomorrow who you draft at number 25 um, in terms of the ESPN shows because I think that's tomorrow, correct? That
1: is uh, happening tomorrow yeah. that I'll draft 25th overall, which means you today will write down a couple of names that you think I should draft and think I will draft, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that checks out
2: tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Well, here's one thing that's interesting about all the fo- – I have new respect. See, I haven't done many mock drafts this uh, season, this mock draft season. We've been ripping yours instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel a little bit for the folks trying to get this right because – and this does give you a sense, and that's what the mock draft is there for, gives you a sense of how much – how many plans the Jags do have to have, right? You, mm-hmm. So you go in, and I'm like, oh, and I'd like to take care of this, this, and this. Uh, but then that that and that are gone, right? The, the players I want. That's, that's the nature of the draft. Well, so then it sets you on a little bit of a different trek. Do you reach for somebody because you really wanted that position? Exactly what Urban Meyer was talking about, need. Or do you do what Trent Baalke says and say, hey, this guy's a good football player. He still fits in what we want to do. We didn't necessarily need him right here, but the value's tremendous. Let's go get him. And so that's the whole need versus value, best player available versus need uh, conversation. And in my own little mind, it played out today when I did the mock draft.
2: So already having the built-in excuses, not even breaking the mock draft down yet, and we're already going to the excuse bank.
1: Nah, just uh, I, I, I got in that that uh, that role today, so okay. I, I had a different appreciation.
2: For well, hopefully, Urban Meyer and Trembleke have different plans than you did. And, and we'll, <laughs> like I said, we'll get to that later.
1: I love my picks. I think it's a fantastic (laughs) roster. Yeah, it makes one of us. We'll see. (laughs) We'll have that coming up uh, along the way. San Francisco was the big story yesterday. It kind of happened in our show as uh, quotes were coming out from Kyle Shanahan, and they continue to be a big player in this draft at number three. I I will say this, man, and and we said, I'm not going to talk too much San Francisco today because we did it yesterday, and I think we shared similar feelings. We still believe Trey Lance could be their guy. Uh, Starting to feel Justin Fields a little bit in there. What happens to Mac Jones if he doesn't go number three? You can't just plan on him going number three. And uh, does he slide even more? I saw some other mock drafts out there by some of the experts if you will had him sliding all the way down to 19 at washington one time mm-hmm. i think i saw so could he be that guy in the draft but shanahan's a bad fibber man <laughs> yeah mean, man shanahan he went over the top with it uh you know the five different quarterbacks we have interest in uh it's it just the whole yeah jimmy garoppolo i mean we don't know if we'll all be here on sunday i mean that it, he just went over the top and and it he would have been better off probably not doing a news conference. But the the fact that the 49ers people really are buying that they're still interested in five different quarterbacks. Come on, folks. Yeah, they but know did you, who
2: they're taking? But did you see Urban Myers narrowed down to three quarterbacks? Um, where, where was that one? on the? I think that was on the Adam Schefter podcast. Oh, that was said, part of the podcast? I, I think it was the Schefter podcast. Yeah, but he said uh, it comes down to Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. Which I mean. Awesome for narrowing it down, but you didn't really go to Zach, uh, you didn't go to um, Zach Wilson's pro day, so that kind of is the outlier. Then you know what I'm saying? Like to have that guy ranked top three and didn't go to his pro day, I think you're taking Trevor Lawrence.
1: What? Why the secrecy? You know, why do you think? Uh, you know, why can't the Jags? Some of it, I think, they preserve the NFL drama. But now I start to wonder, is that really that big of a storyline to have that much of uh hey, don't tell everybody before the draft who you're taking. That 10 minutes is really valuable. So I I don't know if I believe that as much as we've kind of said it. And, like, I understand that narrative. But now you go, uh, I I mean, I understand San Francisco not telling us who they're taking because they don't really know who the Jets are taking for sure, and they have to be prepared to what if the Jags did something absolutely out of their minds. Sure, sure you also don't have to go out there and say we're looking at five quarterbacks i mean listen we believe there's a couple quarterbacks going to be off the board the first two picks we have our eyes set on a couple of these guys that we think are going to be available we've done our homework on them and we feel pretty good about the guy that we're going to take if he's there how hard is that
2: yeah no because that's just the that's the nature of the beast and that's the landscape that we live in in professional sports and especially the NFL. I mean, players make it a habit of, 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 of tweeting cryptic stuff. Like, why did Yannick Ngakwe always, you know, tweet a check flag or a, a checkered flag after every single game? You know, it's just like there's something where people, you know, it's, it's the tension. People are, are going back and forth on it and. It's the ultimate, I know something you don't know. And it, it almost gives you, like, just a little bit of gratification, a little bit of satisfaction saying, well, I know who we're taking, but you don't yet. Have fun trying to find that out. I, there's no competitive advantage, I feel like, especially from the 49ers. Like, once again, okay, if if the Jets don't take Zach Wilson, then, yeah, there, there could be a competitive advantage there because you don't want to show your hand and all of that stuff. But to be in San Fran and say, you know, it's down to five quarterbacks or whatever it is, like, you're not telling the truth. We we all see through the lie, all right? We all see through the facade, uh, and that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do. But that's just that's just the way the NFL works, player, coach, GM alike.
1: Yeah, I, I just – listen, I, it doesn't bother me that much. I mean, it keeps us all talking, I guess. It keeps us all guessing for a little bit, that little bit of doubt that's in your mind. But there's – Again, there's just no reason for it. I mean, I I think the Jets have been pretty upfront with the way they've handled the Zach Wilson stuff. I don't think there's a lot of secrecy over that pick. I think uh, many people, most people know which direction they're going. Everybody knows which direction the Jags are going. And, And in fairness, I think the Jags have done a pretty good job of not... Uh, being too dramatic about that, but they also don't want to go out and say, yes, we're taking this guy until it's time to do it for whatever reason. And, uh, but they have been pretty forthright in not hiding the fact that Lawrence is, is the main guy and, and likely their guy. I just don't understand the San Francisco stuff. Now listen, you go back on the pack a little bit. Uh, I think Cincinnati, heck yeah, played. You want to smoke screen that up. You might have trade bait right there. Atlanta, you might have trade bait right there. Well, San Francisco's not trading out of the spot Austin. Yeah. They traded up to get the spot. So they're not going to trade out of the spot. Uh, so anyway, it just kind of fascinates me. Uh there are times when you need to be less transparent in sports in the NFL from a coaching from a front office perspective, and there are other times where you just don't need to be uh, don't need to hide it. And this is one of those times where I think San Francisco is going out of their way to hide it. <laughs> and they really don't need to
2: save the energy yeah this is just you know this is that pre you know the pre-draft smoke screens i mean every team does this every team plays the mind games um it it, it is what it is i'm not buying into the narrative i think it comes down to either uh you know i mean me personally i think it's down to either trey lance or justin fields me personally really because you
1: don't even think max in the in the
2: well no because because listen there's no way first of all they know they're taken But like, if you want to sit here and say, okay, it's down between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, those are two completely different players, not even in the same realm. One's a dual-threat guy who likes to run the ball. The other is a traditional pocket passer. So you mean to tell me that your mind right now and the future of your organization is made up on two guys who are completely uh, the opposite ends of the spectrum? I doubt it. So I think it's between Justin Fields and Trey Lance, if it was between anybody. Now... I think it's Trey Lance. You know, we've we've said it's been Trey Lance. That's where I think they're going to go with it. But I'm not buying the narrative of, well, oh, it could be Trey Lance, it could be Mac. I don't think Mac, jo- and I get it. I think Mac Jones is still the betting favorite and all this stuff. I just have a hard time believing that when you have a guy by the name of Jimmy Garoppolo, who is more of that traditional pocket passer, you're going to bring in a guy in Mac Jones who essentially does a lot, a lot of the same things that Jimmy Garoppolo does. I think they go in a new direction. I think the offense goes in a new direction. I think they go with a dual threat guy, either Trey Lance or Justin Fields.
1: I told myself I was going to talk a lot of 49ers and Shanahan and the rest, but here I am because you bring up a, well two very interesting points. That Mac, you don't believe, and this okay, that is even really that much in the mix. I don't. I'm not like flabbergasted by that. I, I think there's a really good chance it is down to Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I really do. I also think Mac Jones could could certainly end up in San Fran. There's just so much smoke going that way, uh, but I I don't believe it's the case. I think it is Lance, and, and I would buy the fact if it was Fields that they moved up for um so i think it's interesting that you say not sh- you wouldn't even put them in the conversation uh so i think it's probably from a guessing game it is the three quarterbacks like i would think i would put almost even money on all those i don't think there's a fa- well i would personally put my favorite on trey lance to end up in san france so there you go like if it was minus 250 i'd put on lance the other guys could be plus 250 and the same money uh, and I, I don't really have a strong feeling that it's Mac over Justin Fields or Justin Fields over Mac. Uh, but I could see that playing out that way. Uh, here's here's the one other question I have about San Fran though, because now that we're, we're going a little heavier than I wanted to on it. Is this more about Jimmy Garoppolo, or is this more about the quarterbacks that are available, that these guys really could be studs, and it's an upgrade?
2: Is Jimmy Garoppolo a top-eight quarterback in the NFL?
1: No, absolutely not. Is he top ten? No. Then uh, there you go. No, I, I can't say that. No.
2: Then, then, so that, so then even, there you go. If you don't have a top ten quarterback right now, um, and it's not even a really debate, which I don't think it really is with Jimmy Garoppolo, and keep in mind, injuries have something to do with it, but if you're a franchise right now, you can say, you know what, we don't really have a top ten guy on our team in terms of the quarterback position, then you try to better that position.
1: Yeah, I would extend that to top 12 uh, over the years. That's what I've kind of done, but I understand your point. And it's not even right now as he sits. Now he's getting a little bit older, so by now he should have already been wherever he's supposed to be potentially. But I would say this, Austin. If you don't have a top 10, top 12 quarterback, do you have a guy that you can project is going to be there in the next year or two? And I don't even think that's the case with Garoppolo. I think they feel like they've got some of their best football out of Garoppolo, and that's when he's healthy. I think the health is a big part of why they're moving on or trying to move on from Jimmy G. But I also wrestle with the idea of, okay, how long will it take to Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance to be a top 10, top 12 quarterback in the NFL? Which way are they going? Are they saying, hey, we don't have that guy? Or we think these guys are definitely going to be it, or one of these guys. Uh, I think that's a fascinating view from San Francisco's perspective. And by the way, they get to reset the dollar amount whenever they do make the move from Garoppolo. Um, and, and I think that's why this all stems from... Austin, this is why we believe Trey Lance could be the guy there, is because he's a little more green, he's a little more raw, and so sitting behind Garoppolo for another year in Shanahan's system, before they make that move, makes so much more sense than a guy like Mac Jones, who might be NFL ready right now.
2: Nah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think obviously the 49ers, they have traded up. They have sacrificed some draft capital because they, they believe there is a top 10 guy um out there, uh, a top 10 guy that can flourish in a Shanahan coached offense. Now, whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance or maybe Mac Jones, we'll see. But that's where I think they're at right now. And, like, if you talk to Chargers fans, they're going to tell you, we got a top ten guy in Justin Herbert. You talk to Bengals fans, we had a top ten guy in Joe Burrow until he got hurt. That's the power of the draft. That's the power of, you know, being maybe the second or third best quarterback coming out of it. Now you got to push that right button, pull the right trigger. But, obviously, San Fran thinks that there is a top ten guy out there for them to get.
1: Hey, let's get in the mentality of Urban Meyer here, because I now see what you were just talking about, uh, that Ian Rappaport said, Meyer told Rappaport he narrowed the number one pick down to Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. So those three guys. Then put them through Zooms. The goal was to find out, is Trevor really the top guy? Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, we all believe the answer coming out of that, considering all the sound that we've heard and everything we've heard is that Lawrence performed beautifully on the Zoom calls. So we believe he's still the guy. But is this – I'm trying to get the mentality of Urban a little bit more. Is this because the process is so long? And that they've known that Trevor Lawrence is such a shoe in for them at number one for so long, that it's almost like a, a sense of cold feet. That hey, I got to make sure I'm doing my last bit of due diligence here. Let's not leave this this stone unturned. Let's bring in these guys and, and make sure. Now listen, they might have done zooms with Wilson and uh, and Fields anyway, but you can maximize the five zoom calls. And so they might have brought them back more than they even needed to or intended to, just to be like, all right. Just confirm for me. In my, We're all that way, right? When we're about to make a big decision, like, all right, somebody, let's call a buddy and be like, is this the right decision? Am I making the right call here? Please tell me I'm making the right call here. And I get the sense that's kind of what Urban did here with these other
2: quarterbacks. Uh, now, see, I, I think it's on the other side. I think Urban Meyer did this in terms of scouting for when he goes against these players. Interesting. But, well, Interesting. Let's be honest yeah. here. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Okay, we, we've had him number one for how long now? Okay, noted. What could Justin Fields or Zach Wilson say in an (laughs) hour-long Zoom interview that's going to change your mind and say, oh, you know what? That interview went really good. Let's go and put him above Trevor Lawrence now. But, Coach, what about the game? No, that's okay because, you know what? This was an hour-long Zoom uh, interview, and I got a good feeling about these guys from talking to them but coach uh he beat Alabama his his freshman that doesn't matter okay because Zach Wilson looked me in the eye answered every single question we're going with him now not how it works not how it works on any planet ever it's going to be Trevor Lawrence i think uh Trevor um uh, sorry i think uh, that um you know coach Meyer just did this because he wanted to do a little due diligence and say, okay, let's see what these kind of quarterbacks, let's see what they bring to the table. Let's see if I have to play against them one day, what type of competitors they are, how do they think, what makes them flustered, all that type of stuff. To me, it was more of a of getting a competitive advantage over these quarterbacks and actually vetting them against Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence yes. is always going to be the, the, the number one pick hands down.
1: Yeah, some good note-keeping there. That's a good call. Uh, that could have uh, very well been the case. Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. Got a couple more days to do it. No purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. Go to TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register. We'll be right back. Florida State Head Coach Mike Norvell on the way on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN night. Brent Martineau. Some uh, NBA play by play here this week as well, right here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. <laughs> uh, uh, you're right? Yeah, I know. You look over like you're going to make it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think We're all good here. Man. Hey, listen, I, I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, it's draft week in the NFL, draft week here in Jacksonville. It's a big week all across the country for football fans. It's a huge week right here in the River City. Brent Martineau, along with former Jags player Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're your home for Florida State football and basketball right here on ESPN 690 in jacksonville looking forward to the upcoming football season spring ball just wrapping up over there in tallahassee and right now the head coach of the florida state seminoles joins us at espn 690 say hello to mike norvell coach hope you had a good spring i'm glad you were able to get it in this year
0: no question you never realize how much you miss spring ball until you don't get one and uh, we were excited to be able to uh uh, you'll get our 15 practices, you will know, wrapped it up with a, with a great spring game and just excited about the, the progression of our program and definitely looking forward to, to the summer and, uh, you know, obviously the fall that's upcoming.
1: Coach, you have some decisions to make, and we won't go through every position group, but two to highlight, obviously the quarterbacks and Mackenzie Milton coming over. Give us an idea what he has looked like and your first impressions of that young man. And also, if you don't mind commenting on the growth of your offensive line, something that obviously uh, has been a conversation over in Tallahassee the last few years.
0: Well, I think Mackenzie uh, coming into the program has been a great boost uh, in, in a lot of different ways. One, he's a, an incredible young man. Uh, you know, tremendous worker. You know, he's got uh, you know tr- great experience. Uh, you're know, having to overcome, you know, some, some real adversity, you know, he had a, a devastating knee injury. Uh, you've missed a better part of last two years, uh, you know, as he's rehab but you know, it always brought a positive mindset. Uh, you know, coming into our program, you know, he's done a, a remarkable job of building relationships with his teammate. Uh, looks great out there. You know, I think as, as the season or as the spring progressed. You, know, you saw him building his confidence of understanding uh the language you know the things that he's expected to do uh and they just got better and better with each each practice that went by and uh, you know, that I think it's also elevated, you know, the play of the guys around them. Uh, you know, you look at, you know, Jordan Travis had a remarkable spring, Tate Rodemaker, you know, obviously development of Chubb and Purdy, all those things are critical for our program. We'll get a lot of competition there. And, and then the same with the offensive line, you know, last year we were extremely young. We had, uh, you know, three freshmen that, you know, basically were, were, you know, mainstays in the starting lineup for us. you know, but the great thing about it, two of those were freshman All-American. And so young, talented guys that, you have bright futures. Uh, and then, you know, with our, our veterans they're continuing to grow and and uh, uh develop in all aspects of what they're doing as well so you know we're still gonna we're still gonna have youth uh, um, but uh, you're definitely excited about that group and uh, you know what their future holds as well
2: Coach, you mentioned it you know you talked about the youth a little bit and obviously um you know with you adding another year now to the Resume in terms of building culture, like what is going to be the focus now coming from that spring and now going into the off season coming up for training camp? What are you guys going to focus on the most here of where Florida State goes forward?
0: You know, just continuing to compete with every day, uh, you know, every opportunity. I think that's one of the, uh, you critical factors uh, is uh, you know you've got to go improve. You have to improve in all aspects. And you know, I like the competition uh, that I'm seeing. Uh, I like the development that I'm seeing physically. Uh, but you know, for as a football team, you know, just in, in embracing every every moment that we get, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's you know out there on the practice field, and then you know, obviously the uh, the, the opportunities that we get on game day. But uh, you, know, I, I like the kids that i get to coach and you know they are buying into the to the process and the work that's necessary uh that that you have to invest if you want to be successful so uh we're looking forward to to each of those days and you know as we go through the summer workouts uh you know as we jump into fall camp and then you'll know, you'll be able to kick it off this fall uh you know it's just the, the continued development and you're know, buying into to that process there together uh and, and that's going to be big for this football team
2: the whole phrase the transfer portal has been seen to be like a hot uh, a hot button issue the past couple years of college football then caa now changes the rules in terms of transferring um i guess how do you feel about those rules is it beneficial to you does it hurt you more and what do you make of the landscape of college football going forward now
0: well you know i, I think it's uh, you provided you know young men to uh, you know explore their options and, and look at the, the situation that they're in and uh, you know, this year we were able to add you know seven transfers in in, in January with the spring semester. You know, it was something that was important. Uh, you know, as we uh, as we looked at our football team, you know, as as you know, we're coming off a, a year where we're the youngest team in college in in all of college football, and um, you know, we wanted to be able to gain some experience. Obviously, we we're able to get some some great productive players, but uh, they were all the, the the right fit for Florida State. Tremendous young men that uh, you know uh, you know great leadership uh, you know, abilities, but also guys that are that that embrace the the relationship aspect of what we're doing, and um you know for us, it was great having them here through the spring. you got to see them you you know gel with their teammates. And I'm excited about, you know, that group and how they're going to be able to impact our team. And, you know, but, you know, with the transfer portal that, you know, also, you know, you could provide opportunities for guys to explore other options and maybe look outside of the program. And at the end of the day, you know, we believe in how we develop, you know, each and every one of our young men. And, you know, we think we provide a great opportunity for them, you know, whether they're freshmen. You know, to a senior, just a, a path to improve uh, through their through their experience here at Florida State, which not only is going to impact them on and off the field.
1: Florida State head coach Mike Norvell with us here on Action Sports Jackson ESPN six ninety ESPN six ninety, your home for Florida State football and basketball here in Jacksonville. NFL draft week, coach, it's a big one, as you can probably feel it in in our voices and everywhere in Jacksonville, all across even the state to Tallahassee as well. Marvin Wilson is a cool young man, but his stock has really dropped. If you look at mock drafts and experts and what they're saying, why is that? And why do I feel like somebody's going to get one heck of a steal in this upcoming draft?
0: Well, you know, you know, Marvin uh, is a great young man. He, uh, you know, this this past year, you know, dealing with uh, you know an, an injury that you know really cost him the back half of the season. Um, but you know, he's done a great job of, of working hard in his rehab and. Uh, you'll look good at his pro day and you know it's it's one of those things that uh it, it, the the main thing about the nfl draft is going to the, to the best fit for each each one of these young men and uh, you know you find a team that that uh, you seize, the, seize that value and seize the opportunity of what you can bring to, to the organization and then go capitalize on the opportunity that they get and i know that's been the biggest focus for all of our guys that have been working out um you know and preparing you know pretty much their entire lives for this for this moment this weekend that's upcoming and you know i'm excited for for them and look forward to seeing where their new home is going to be.
2: Coach, you know, with the NFL Combine being canceled this year, you know, it was a little different in terms of how players evaluate their talent, you know, post-season after college football. Um, you know, these pro days, there was a big, uh, you know, the, the, there was just, a, there was a big intrigue on these pro days, let's just say. Um, from your perspective, having gone through, a, I'm sure, a bunch of pro days yourself being a head coach, what, uh, was it a lot different than what you were accustomed to? Just like, was there a lot more demands, obviously, from teams wanting to see these guys and, and what they, they kind of took part in just because there was no combine to evaluate the talent? All they had to go off of was that pro day? Well,
0: you know, we, we tried to keep it, uh, you know, pretty much across, you know you know college uh college pro days I and mean, try to keep it as uniform as possible i mean that's one thing that when you have a combine uh you know all these guys you know, have the have the opportunity to go out there and do the same drills and and put them stack themselves up against you know others that are uh that are in that same position but you know for for us we wanted to provide your guys the the you know the best path to to showcasing you know what they could do and I thought they they- they performed really well, but they also prepared extremely well uh you know since the season's ended so that they could come out there and uh, and you know really give a glimpse to these n f l scouts and personnel um you know who they are and what they're all about and uh you know it was it was definitely unique but put a put a lot of uh, emphasis on that day and um uh, you know I thought our guys made the most of it.
1: Florida State head coach Mike Norvell with us in Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690 here in Jacksonville. Coach, uh, I've got good news for you. You don't have to see Trevor Lawrence anymore in the ACC. We've got good news for us. He's coming to Jacksonville as a football coach. And I know you didn't see him up close uh, last year, but what, what's your take on him? Uh, they're talking about this guy as a, a prospect that we haven't seen in years. Uh, what have you seen from him, whether it's from afar or what you know about him? Uh, get some Jacksonville fans excited about Trevor Lawrence, will you?
0: <laughs> well i mean i think you look at the career that he's had and uh you know he's he's uh, always found success you know he seems to, seems to be a great young man um uh you know, obviously, don't know him personally, but um, you know all, all things that you've seen and the way that he's played the game throughout his career. Um, you know, he made he made the most of it, and you know was very impactful on the football field, but also uh, you know seems to, to have great relationships and you know, all the talent in the world. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that he'll have a, a very successful NFL career. But uh, you know, I, I think he's he, uh, he, he definitely earned that throughout his the growth and development.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, Let's wrap up with uh, Head Coach Mike Norvell. You guys have youth clinics that you're doing throughout the state of Florida. You'll be in Jacksonville on May 11th, where kids from 2nd to 8th grade can sign up for the free youth camps. I asked some folks over in Tallahassee in in your sports information department, is this a new thing? Um, Who came up with the idea? What do you hope to accomplish with these camps all all over the state?
0: Well, it's definitely something new. I mean, this year with the dead period, um, you know going on all the way till till June 1st you know it, it provided an opportunity for our staff to, to get on the to, to get on the road and go do these uh, these youth clinics and it's something that was important to me uh, you know it's been a hard year for everyone and you know the you know our state's youth I mean they, the things that they've had to sacrifice um, you know it's it's unfortunate but we felt like with with as a staff uh, that this is you know an opportunity for us to go and, and get into the communities you know it has to be uh, second grade to, to eight you know to eighth grade grade you know to keep uh, from um, you know you, you, any of the recruiting dead period but it was still an opportunity to go and, and you know let these kids come out and have fun you know get a chance to work on their skills to to kind of see the seminal way you know in their community and uh, we just wanted to maximize the time um, and and the opportunity that we have is to to be able to show our support and and really to be a service for our state's youth
2: coach r- real quick you know and the reason why i love playing the game of football is because it truly is a family um, you know, and when playing that college football, it doesn't matter how many years you're out, like, you can still go back, um, and you still feel part of that family. Obviously, Seminole Nation lost a big one in Geno Hayes, um, a guy that, you know, I, I played with a little bit in Jacksonville here. Um, I guess just, you know, what, what were your thoughts about Geno? Did you, did you ever interact with him at all? I mean, I know he was, you know, he had that Florida State pride and always went to watch the spring games and things like that. Um, just, did you have a few words to say about him?
0: Gino is a tremendous, tremendous seminal, and you know the success that that he had, you know, on the field uh, was one thing, but uh, the impact that he made off of it was just incredible, and a great man. um, You know, you know, it is. it's heartbreaking just uh with with, with his passing uh, you know the thoughts with thoughts and prayers of his family and and all of his friends and then you know everybody that had the pleasure of uh, you know being around gino and, and just th- throughout his life but uh, you know he has a he has a legacy that's gonna live on and uh, you know because of who he was and what he was about um but uh, you know was definitely a great seminal. Uh,
1: he was a real bright light in locker rooms from Florida State, Tallahassee, to here in Jacksonville, the Bucks, Chicago, uh, in his playing career. Mike Norvell, appreciate you taking the time. We'll see you in a couple of weeks up here in Jacksonville for the youth clinic. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys, and go knowles. You bet. That's Mike Norvell, the uh, Florida State head coach, trying to build some momentum now in year number two into this off season, into the summer, and into year two. And really interesting uh, – at the quarterback spot, we'll visit with Coach Norvell, hopefully as we get closer to the season and what they decide to do there and how his football team is shaping up. But, uh, hey, I think he's the right guy for the job. I've said that before. I know last year was a struggle. Uh, but I think uh, Mike Norvell is going to do some good things in Tallahassee, and uh, we hope that's the case for Noles fans. We need need Florida State back where they belong, uh, you know, so we can have Florida, Florida State, Miami. You want them all good, man. I don't have an allegiance.
2: So, from my
1: standpoint, you want them all good.
2: Yeah, and I'm the exact same way. But just, you know, growing up and everything, it just seemed like, you know, Florida State was always the upper echelon. um, And college football just seems better when Florida State's good, when Miami's good, and when the Florida Gators are good. So I agree with you.
1: Don't forget to check them out, uh, Seminoles.com, for the youth clinics here in Jacksonville. It's coming up May 11th, 2nd grade through 8th grade, free clinics. Awesome opportunity for some of the kids here in town and really all across the state of Florida. There's a bunch of different clinics uh, that they're traveling with. So uh, check it out over there on the uh, Florida State Seminoles website. We will take a break. We're live at Fleming Island. We've got some district action in baseball and softball, but we're talking a lot of football here on the show. Another thought or two, by the way, on Geno Hayes. Coming up next, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.
0: He's got thick skin, which will serve him well. Uh, he gets it. He understands, you know, all that's coming and all that stuff. And, and that's a hard thing for anybody. I don't care how prepared you are, but, you know, he's as, as equipped as you could possibly be to take this next step. And I think he's going to be incredibly successful. He's a winner. Uh, he's always been a winner. And, and um, you know, I think that that will be the case at the next level as well.
1: That is Dabo Swinney, Clemson head coach, talking about Trevor Lawrence. We just had Florida State head coach Mike Norvell here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Draft day two days away now for the Jaguars to take Trevor Lawrence. And who else will they take? Certainly a curiosity. We'll have more draft talk coming up. Shad Khan spoke to some members of the media today as well. I say some, it wasn't us. Uh, I'll sit down with Shad Khan actually tomorrow evening, the Jaguars' owner. Uh, and uh, we'll have some of that, of course, on Thursday's show. So um, sprinkling of of con this week from the national guys to to here locally. So look forward to catching up with the Jags owner. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the things that he said today in just a little bit. Uh, let's put the draft aside for a moment and talk about something that you just asked Mike Norvell about at the end of our interview, and that is the passing of Geno Smith, uh, Geno Hayes, excuse me, Geno Hayes, and Florida State Seminole. Uh, former Jaguar, former Buck, former Chicago Bear. And uh, it's really a sad story that came out of nowhere, Austin. You obviously played with him. I covered him here in Jacksonville. Uh, I said last night on uh, TV, uh, although I, I don't want to make this seem like I knew Gino really well, uh, had good experiences and the privilege of of covering a really good man in that locker room. And at 33 years old, gone too soon to liver disease. We heard a lot, about four or five days ago that he was ended up in hospice care, and that's usually not a good sign, but still a stunner. And it must really be a stunner for somebody like you, mm. uh, who is obviously that same age and played with Gino just a short time ago to uh, hear the news.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a stunner for a lot of reasons. I mean, the fact that he's my age is, is, is just a shocking thought. Um You know, and, like, you know, I talked about it before a little bit when we found out he was in the hospital. Um, You know, and in terms of contact, we never really stayed in contact much. Um, You know, we we were teammates, and, um, you know, you you just – you have this notion of this guy, and you have this memory of this guy who just literally had a relentless motor. Like, I I, I took pride in my motor, but – the guy this you know the, the we always talk about 40 yard dash speed or, or game speed or, or like you know football speed um and, and and gino he had that football speed um you know and and he took pride in that that's why he lasted as long as he did and it's, it's just um you know it's kind of a trip to go from you know knowing that about him and just knowing the kind of the the, the, the fun loving guy who just gave 110 percent to now obviously um unfortunately passing away it's just i mean i don't i don't I don't really know what to say about it I'll be honest with you um obviously sending his family and and his friends and his loved ones the 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 most positive energy um that that I can and you know I, obviously I'm sure we're gonna hear some great stories from from people that know him a lot better than I did um in these next couple of days and and I look forward to hearing those stories and um you know reacting to those stories, but obviously it's just um it's a shame, man. It's, it's a shame when, you, when you're that young and um, life gets taken away from you.
1: Yeah, you know, in that story Jen Elaine did from ESPN and she had caught up with him recently, there was a sense of... of that he was at a sense of peace with everything that was going on, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a hard thing to say, uh, but had been on a transplant list and um, liver disease gets the best of Geno Hayes. I think what you just said uh, is, is really kind of what I remember about Geno Hayes, the football player, and I think he got a lot out of his, whether it's athletic ability or talent or however you want to say it, but he maximized it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the way. He wasn't, I don't think, the most gifted athlete there was. Uh, but he was a heck of a productive football player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's all relative. Anybody who makes it to the league is an unbelievable athlete. <laughs> but I'm just talking about relative uh, well, in the NFL.
2: Yeah. And, you know, if, if we're being honest here, and I think if I remember, he was probably like six feet, maybe 6'1", uh, probably like 230, maybe a little smaller than that, 220. Yeah. Um, and, like, if we're being realistic here, uh, a guy that big that plays the linebacker position, you, you, there's not a lot of spots for you. Like, there's not a lot of guys that size that make it um, at the professional level. So it's a testament to the just how that guy played the game. Where you know he's not the tallest dude out there. He's not the biggest dude, obviously. Um, but like I said, he he took pride um, in his work ethic and he took pride of just you know being relentless um, and just being just an absolute just you know a monster out there when it came to running from sideline to sideline. And like I said, that's why he was able to last so long. Um, you know, for a former sixth round pick uh out of Florida State where once again I think the the undersized thing kinda got to him a little bit when he came to the NFL, but he made it work for him and, and he had a, a a long NFL career and, and a pretty damn good NFL career on top of that. So yeah, you know, it's just it goes to show you that when he says, you know, he doesn't have the regrets, things like that, well that guy maximized, I think, obviously his football potential but maybe he maximized his life potential as well. And once again, 33 is far too young um, to be taken away. But, um, you know, like Jenna Lane was saying, that he was at peace with it. That goes to show you a guy that probably lived every day to his fullest.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Gino Hayes passed away at the age of 33. Former Jaguar Seminole buck and bear. Uh, Best wishes to his family. Coos, before we hit a break, uh, let's get to uh, South Beach Gary uh, because we have Jason Fitz coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as well. So a quick question on the draft. Let's get to South Beach Gary real fast. What's up, South
2: Beach Gary? Yeah, I always send my regards to Gino's family too. And uh, it's hard to talk moving on after that, but uh, best wishes to hope the – things work out for them as, as much as possible but uh guys it, this isn't this draft draft incredible i feel like going out and hitting somebody i'm so fired up i mean mel kiper's called it the most intriguing draft in 43 years the 43 drafts that he's covered this is yeah, the south- most intriguing draft
1: yeah and your team's pretty intriguing too south beach gary appreciate the call man uh yeah i I don't know it in that context. I think we we have recency bias where we get excited about everything that's happening right now, Austin. Yeah. But there are a lot of storylines, man. Well, and when you have this many quarterbacks in play, it always is fascinating.
2: See, I think it is going to be the most fascinating draft because once again, and I kind of echoed this a couple of days ago, there was no combine, there was no media, experts, insiders going back and forth sharing their information. So like we think that they have a good idea, but do they really? Like. I wouldn't be surprised, and we talk about this every single year leading up to the draft. But I feel like even more um, this year, where we think guys are going to go, it may not even be close, and it could be wide, wide open, just because these insiders, these experts, haven't had you know those in face, those in face interactions like they did at the combine.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Tom Palacero said today not a lot of teams have first-round draft grades on players, like just 14 to 16 players, I think he said. That could make it the wild, wild west from the back end of the first round all the way through, like, the third round. Let's take a break. Jason Fitz joins us next. We talk more NFL draft. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.